Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 22nd of July, 2019. I'm your host, Surreal Joe Quinn, discussing the world of sports and pop culture again on this Monday. Hopefully, we're at the end of this just blistering heat wave uh, that really that started out on on Friday that's carried throughout the weekend. Hope everybody stay hydrated. Um, unfortunately, there was a tragic death of a ex of a ex football player on Saturday. It was you know, he was out doing some I guess some, some yard work and he uh, you know died of a heat stroke. And it was you know well over you know, probably 100 degrees, probably like 110, 115 in terms of the heat index. Um, you know you gotta stay. You know, just talking to my mom, you have to stay pre-hydrated. You know, you can't go out there and start drinking water right when you go outside. You got to drink the night before, drink the morning of, and what have you when it comes to this when it comes to this type of heat. Uh, but if you're in the DMV, if you're in, on the East Coast, you're supposed to be getting a little break from it uh, starting tomorrow. So hopefully things can get, we'll get back to normal as far as the weather goes. And that's, you know, that's your weather report from, from the Real Deal podcast. Busy Monday, a busy weekend, um, a lot to cover. I want to start off with uh, Kawhi Leonard, and I, you know, it got to a point to where I frankly was done with Kawhi Leonard, with with the talk of why Kawhi Leonard left, uh, went to the Clippers, and it, to me, you know. It, it just got to a point to where I was, it was just I was getting tired of hearing about it. It's like, okay, he made a decision. Oklahoma traded who they traded. The Clippers got rid of who they got rid of. Let's let's you know let's move on with the rest of our lives, our sport, you know, our NBA lives. But you know, we hear some you hear some new things come out allegedly that Uncle Dennis Robertson, who of course is his business manager, agent, um, uncle. That um, you know, that's you know, been certainly his you know, almost like a basically like his father figure when his father passed away years back, uh, was coming out basically making demands on terms of sponsorships, smart wanting guaranteed sponsor money. Again, this is allegedly, this is alleged, uh, accusations, uh, coming from you know, Al Toronto and going around the league over the last couple of days. And here's, here's what I'll say number one. He went to Toronto. He went to he went to the Clippers, Lakers, Toronto. Get over it. It's done. Especially if you're Toronto, he never he never was going was going back to Toronto. Never was going back. That wasn't. I I don't think that Toronto was even an option. I thought he did Toronto a favor by even giving them a meeting. You know, flying to Toronto, basically give him like he paid he paid his respects as far as. Uh, when it come when it came to Toronto, just giving him that meeting, he did not have to give him that meeting. He really didn't. He could have just easily, he, you know, he probably probably should have just went. He probably should have just been like Lakers, Clippers between between those two teams. Those are the only two teams that probably that should have got a meeting. But again, won a championship there. Um, he certainly enjoyed his time there over the course of the season, as far as. What transpired with you know again them he taking out Golden State in, in six games and I just think that he was just being respectful. I, I think it was just just hey I, I think it was kind of like a, a, an, an appreciation to the organization and, and to the fan base just for, just um, just for them just for him to have that meeting. 
So I don't want to hear anything, hear anything come out of Toronto. The bottom line is Uncle Dennis, Kawhi, made a decision. They got everything they wanted. And they are, they are on a team that can win a championship next year. They can win it for the, the championship for the, for the foreseeable future. So, you know, whether or not he de- he demanded sponsorships and spot- guaranteed sponsorship money, who knows? Uh, we there's no way to prove that unless they they got rooms tapped, tapped the phones tapped. There's no way to prove that. And if the NBA wants to investigate, go ahead, investigate it. That's fine. You know, I said, but I again, yeah, as much as much tampering has go that goes on in, in the NBA with these deals, basically. You know, basically at 5:59 p.m. on Sunday night, on June on July, excuse me, June 30th, deals were done at six o'clock on the dot. I mean, everybody knows there's tampering. Everybody doesn't. Everybody knows that there's tampering. Everybody knows that there's you know, back you know. Everybody knows that there's deals under the table that we probably are not privy to as you know as fans and as uh you know media media like that happens in and that happens in any line of business period this is big this is big business it's competitive these teams are these these teams are fighting for tens of millions of dollars in certain certain cases hundreds of millions of dollars when it comes down not just championships like Kawhi Leonard is worth to the Clippers, he will be getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George will be worth hundreds of millions of dollars to the Los Angeles Clippers. It goes beyond just putting a competitive team, a championship team on the floor. So this, you know, I, I, again, I'm not going to make a big deal of it. Is it no? Is it noteworthy to talk about? Sure, but I got. But even before this came out, I thought it was getting. It had gotten to the point to where we had just we had expunged every. You know, fiber of Kawhi Leonard going to going to the Clippers. It was like let's let's just move on from it. You know, Kawhi Kawhi's legacy. You know, the clip the you know did the did the Clippers uh, did the Lakers. Uh, you know, what is the Lakers? What do the Lakers look like now? Or what you know? What is Kawhi? Does Kawhi have pressure to win? Like it it was enough already. You milked that. Listen, we that cow was milked for a good week and a half for a good two weeks, which is fine. Because it, it was one of these deals, it was one of, uh, once a it was basically once uh, once in a lifetime deal in terms of how it went down, considering what you know, two superstars, two two superstars in their prime, going to one team, the amount of draft picks. So I understood the attention and the necessary attention that that deal garnered. Summertime, um the NBA was on fire from as it, you know, as it goes in, in regards to the trades. And free agent signings and some of the storylines that that had taken place after the finals, but you know the media, whether it's debate shows, y'all milk y'all milk Kawhi to a T. Y'all should, media should you know these media publications should be paying Uncle Dennis and Kawhi for all the content that they milked out of that they milked out of Kawhi Leonard because every single day uh, Kawhi this it was Kawhi that Kawhi. You know, Kawhi Uncle Dennis, uh, Kawhi Nick Nurse, Kawhi, you know, Kawhi San Antonio, Kawhi Lakers. What's the real reason why Kawhi didn't stay in Toronto? It, it, was, it was like enough already. Like, come on, let's let's get some. It's, listen, there's plenty of things going on out there in the world, in the sports world. There's plenty of things, content, you know, even in the summertime. It's, it's content on top of content. 
So I don't buy this. I don't know whether or not none of us knows whether or not these requests were made. Um, now Toronto is a credible organization, but they also lost a MVP, All NBA, arguably the best player in the world. So you could say there's some sour grapes. You could say that. Um, you could say that they, you know, that they thought that they had a legit chance at getting him. They, if they, you know, if they believe that, then they were frankly delusional. Because I didn't think that they, you know, I, I personally myself didn't think that that chance existed. I never thought that he was going to Toronto. To be honest with you, it just didn't. It never it just didn't make sense to me. So, you have that. Um, as far as the NBA goes, uh, again, I will continue from. From here until his his basketball playing days are over, to give credit to Kawhi Leonard and Dennis Robinson. Now, I've been consistent in the past two to three podcasts since all this went down in terms of that, and there's nothing that would persuade me from giving him continue to give those guys the credit. They deserve all the credit in the world for uh, making this deal happen, for uh, making this deal go go down. The Clippers deserve all the credit in the world for. Um, themselves creating the culture that he wanted to come to period and pulling off the deal again we see, we've seen the Boston Celtics not even would be willing to trade multiple draft picks and wait for that quote-unquote perfect deal there's no such thing as a perfect deal there's no such thing as a perfect deal so uh, again I we have milk milked Kawhi to death as far as content like he he needs Kawhi, like again, the media owes Kawhi some money as far as uh, uh, content that's been created. You know, how about you get, you get some sponsorships from that? Nine minutes after the eight o'clock hour on this latest edition of the Real Deal podcast, news out of the NFL: you have Tyreek Hill, seemingly not he's not going to get suspended or get any punishment, get any punishment from the NFL. Apparently, the NFL has not hasn't hasn't been granted the necessary access to the uh, to evidence or information that would help the NFL proceed in determining whether or not uh, Tyreek um, Hill should be suspended. Um, this is very this this is somewhat confusing to me because I don't understand why the Law enforcement or Kansas City prosecutors would not would deny the NFL that information, even if they didn't believe that enough was there for a conviction. So the NFL does its own investigation based off the information that's provided. The NFL is using their own resources as far as the investigators, attorneys. It has nothing to do with the state of um, with the state of Missouri. It's not. It's not coming out of taxpayers' money. They're not using resources that, you know, they're not using resources from Missouri, St. Louis, and Missouri, uh, Kansas City law enforcement. So, I, again, I don't understand why they would deny them that that access to, that, to, to, the, to the necessary information, even if they didn't believe that they had enough evidence on Tyreek Hill and his uh, fiance or girlfriend about the, you know, about the, you know, hitting his child. Um, again, I it, again this this is the type of thing that will get that will have someone you know thinking conspiracy in terms of the NFL possibly paying people behind the scenes to try to make this go away. This is an embarrassment to the NFL. I can make the case if I wanted to be a conspiracy Rillo, 
I can make the case that the NFL, you know, talked to the right people, made the necessary phone calls, and, and went out their way to try to make this thing go away. So not so two things. Number one, it could be a non-story going into their 100th hundred, uh, season. And number two, they don't really have to spend any of their money in terms of for lawyers and investigators and, you know, and, and what have you. I can make that case based on what, based on, you know, what has transpired. And certainly, it's, I think I don't think it's be out of the realms of possibility that that, that that possibly happened. To be honest with you, because again, it, it makes zero sense why law enforcement or why Kansas City, why those, those prosecutors would deny that that evidence. Like it makes no sense to me. To get method to go out, they went to go out their way. They had to, they had to get a um, this exception that denied the evidence. Some type of a special exception. So I don't, again, this sounds to me, this has, you know, NFL smoke written all over it. This has something, it's some, this is, this is more to this than what, than, uh, than what's uh, initially coming out. I think certainly more, if somebody wants to go out there, you know, some investigative reporters wants to go out there and, and look more into the story, I'm sure something, something else will come out in, the, in a couple months or so. Right now, the NFL wants this thing to me, wants this thing to go away. And to me, they do the NFL a favor. Like the NFL will, you know, I heard, I read a couple of articles about it makes the NFL look bad. It'll make the NFL look bad for about two days. And then we'll move on to the next, you know, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott holdout or Todd Gurley's knee or, you know, Aaron Rodgers with a new coach. We'll move on quickly in the 24 hour news cycle, especially with NFL training camps kicking off. Uh, starting today, so I think that um, it's something that the NFL certainly it, it doesn't. It's something that just it's something that just doesn't sit right with me as far as it's not that it's not that simple to me as just Kansas City wanting uh, you know the Kansas City law enforcement them wanting this to go away or them wanting or them all of a sudden want to do a favor for the NFL. Um, or one, or thinking that Tyreek Hill is innocent. I don't believe that for a second, that they believe. Now, maybe they think that there's not enough evidence to convict Tyreek Hill. That, that, that could be, you know, that could be possible. That they, now again, it makes sense for Kansas City, for their law enforcement to say, you know what, this is not worth us using resources or wasting taxpayers' money in terms of investigation. I, I understand that from that standpoint. But all of a sudden, they care about NFL resources or how much the NFL spends in terms of conducting their investigations. I don't buy that for a second. So, it, uh, more will come out. It always does. More will come out, and it, that, you know that's the one thing about 2019 and information and uh, you know social media things like that. It, it eventually will come out. Um, but again, I, I, I would you know I would not be surprised whatsoever. If the NFL, you know, grease some palms, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me. It would not. Would it be? Would it be the craziest conspiracy to believe that the NFL made some calls, you know, and and worked with Kansas City's law enforcement not to not for that information to come out or to make it seem like they didn't they were that the NFL couldn't get access to that information. So again, this will this story will go away in about. What's today? Monday. You you won't hear about this story for you'll hear about the story probably tomorrow, 
maybe into Wednesday. By Thursday, they'll be talking about, you know, veterans reporting the training camp. You'll be talking again. You'll be talking about rookie quarterbacks who are highly drafted. Will be the Ezekiel Elliott holdout or not holdout that hasn't happened yet, but alleged the holdout that could possibly happen. That'll be on the you know that'll be at the top of the heap as far as being newsworthy. So the NFL knows what they're doing. You know, the NFL the NFL will the NFL will make sure to me that this story is a non-factor going into the uh, hundredth season. It was a major, it's been a major, um, it's been a major month in the last, I would say the last six weeks in terms of albums coming out. You had Nas come out, you had Nas come out on Friday. Um, you had, uh, you know, Big Crit, Freddie Gibbs, Dreamville. So after a slow start to the world of hip hop in the beginning of the uh, year, it's picked up quickly. And seemingly won't be slowing down anytime soon. You got uh, Rick Ross will be coming out in August. In regards to the Nas album, I was thinking about this with Nas. You know, over the last two weeks or so, we saw we watched three legends perform at an advanced age in their respective uh, fields. Last. Um, Last Sunday, you watched Roger Federer almost win a Wimbledon at age 37. You watched Saturday night uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, take out a, a guy, Keith Thurman, who had been previously undefeated. And you are you watched and you hope hopefully you've listened to what uh, the Nas album. Now keep this in mind, and I'll get to the Pacquiao. I'll get to the Pacquiao fight um, in a couple minutes. There's something to be said for anyone in any genre. I don't care if you're a teacher. I don't care if you work construction. I don't care what you do. There's something to be said to stand the test of time. It really is. And to listen to that Nas album and to think about the idea, the fact that this these are his throwaway tracks. These are tracks that did not even make the album. That if you that this album would probably be night but would be better than say 99% of the best album that 99% of the rappers would ever come out that whoever came out with this would probably be their but their best album or better than their best stuff think about that like 99% of the rappers that have come that have come out this would be this this album would be better than their best stuff like maybe you can that one percent, probably some, you know, Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z. You know, you could put, you could say Biggie, you could say somebody like, you can maybe say like a Rakim, somebody on that level. But beyond that, so that just tells you, you know, where he's at right now. Um, and again, these are these are these are throwaway. It's hard to even say it, but these these are throwaway tracks. These are throwaway tracks. Just out of curiosity, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to start anything here, but where where are Jay Z's throwaway tracks? Anybody? So so we we've heard Kendrick's throwaway tracks. Remember, you know, that came out about I want to say three or four years ago, 2016, about three years ago. I wonder what Jay Z's throwaway tracks are. You know, that's another story for another day. But uh, I recommend Lost Tapes too. Strongly recommend it. It is from start to finish, the storytelling, the production. 
course, the lyrics speak for themselves. It's a feel-good album. It's an album if you love just bars. It's an album if you for a grown man, you know, over 30. So the album covers all this. One of these albums that you can listen to throughout. I, I don't, there's no, to me, I wouldn't skip any tracks. So strongly recommend it. And uh, again, it's, you know, it's nice. What else? The GOAT. As far as the Pacquiao fight, um, I thought it was a good fight. I'll be honest with you. I, I think there are a lot of people that were knocking uh, Keith Thurman. That were knocking uh, Thurman. I thought I thought Thurman, in particular, last I want to say three or four rounds, you know, fought well. I thought he battled. Obviously, you know, he had to, he had the flash knockdown. It was it was sort of I mean it, the, the punches can, that knockdown was legitimate, but he was kind of like going backwards, and you know Pacquiao called him you know called him with the combo. And he went down, but Thurman. I thought Thurman fought. I thought for Thurman fought a good fight. I, to me, it's just about Pacquiao's brilliance, and I think people forget in regards to Pacquiao because he's not flashy. He, you know, he's not. He's not. A, he's not somebody that's going. You know, that has great knockout power. He's, he's not that type of. You know, he's not that type of fighter. But as a technician, as someone who, you know, Pacquiao's kind of like a do is you know is is a isn't. I want to say he's Federer like for my tennis fans out there as far as you know artistry as far as his understanding of the sport this guy just understands the sport he's like a Jedi in the ring and you make a mistake against Pacquiao he's going to make you pay for it he has a and he has he has his chin is world he has one of the great chins of all time because he, he he took some shots but he, he he took some shots that I felt like would have knocked other guys out. So I didn't have any real problem with Thurman's uh, approach. I just think Thurman is fighting someone who is one of the greatest fighters of all time. I think Pacquiao is a iconic, legendary fighter. He's one of the greatest fighters. The guy has there's, there's a reason why he's been champion in like eight different divisions. Like he like he's on that level as a fighter, and he's he's somebody who. You know, you take for granted because he doesn't, you know, doesn't do a lot of talking and because he's 40. But that guy's an all-time great. And he showed you on Saturday night. And, you know, did he get tired the last two or three rounds? He's 40. Yeah, I thought he got a little tired, but uh, he controlled that fight basically from start to finish. He, um, and again, like, I want to see him fight Errol Spence. Uh, You know, he... I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see him fight Floyd Mayweather. I don't want to see that again. I, I. I didn't want to see it in 2015. I definitely don't want to see it in 2019 or 2020. So I don't want to see that fight. But I. I could. You know. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Pacquiao against uh, Sean Porter or 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 Errol Spence. I think Spence would. You know. I think Spence would, would beat him. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. He still. He still. Pacquiao still showed you. That he had a lot, that he has a lot left in the tank, even at the age of forty. And again, same thing with Roger Federer. Once you get that, once you get to that 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 level of mastering your sport, you know, you want to call it, you know, uh, ten thousand hours. Malcolm Gladwell with the the out, you know, outliers and the ten thousand hours. He certainly, you know, I'm sure he's done ten thousand hours of, of, of boxing training, and you know, his dedication to his sport and the time he spent on his sport. But once you get to that level, 
it's you know, like I said, he becomes like a Jedi. It doesn't. It's almost unless you've had some type of major injury, or some type, of, or you just physically break down, you can extend with nutrition. With uh, you know, he has a great trainer. Freddie Roach is obviously a Hall of Fame trainer. You know, you can you can extend your career. And again, Federer and Pacquiao have shown that they're just you know, for the most part, they are just smarter than the competition. And sometimes, you know, that that will out that will certainly outweigh maybe a loss of a step, or not, or not, you know, Federer's case, not being able to serve 140 miles an hour, but just knowing where to hit the ball, knowing how to you, you know, knowing where to place the knowing where to place the ball, knowing how he, you know, is going to uh, schedule all his tournaments and basically, uh, in terms of Federer, just you know, schedule all his tournaments taking care of his body. Um, this next level this next level type shit. It really is. And uh, again, that was a great, it was a, it was an entertaining fight to say the least. Cause the guys, guys actually threw punches and connected. That wasn't one of these fights where it was kind of like, you know, we're going to wait for the first couple rounds to fill it, you know, to, you know, fill it out. Let's, you know, let's, let's like, let's, let's fill out for the first two or three rounds. It's kind of like, you know, try to be patient. No, God, they came out there throwing blows from from round one throughout. There were there were not that many dead spots in that fight. So we'll see what Pacquiao does next. Uh, one guy that didn't put up a fight over the weekend, and it really started on Thursday, was Tiger Woods. Uh, Shane Lowry wins uh, his first major. Kepka again continues this remarkable uh, string of top four majors. Top four uh, finishes in a major. This is the fifth straight major that he's finished in the top four, seven out of his last eight. But to me, the story was what Tiger Woods did not do. Tiger Woods came to the British Open after a month off and basically mailed it in. And I've, I don't think I've ever said that. I've been watching Tiger Woods play majors since, I would say, 96. So basically 23 years. I don't think Tiger Woods has ever mailed in a major. Has he had majors where he hasn't played great? Sure. Has he had majors where he hasn't, where he's missed a cut? Sure. But I've never said, I've never seen Tiger Woods mail in a major like he mailed in the British Open. You talk about his comments after, you know, I just want to go home, talking about his body. I'm like, like Tiger, you had a, dude, you had a month off. And it's not like you, you know, last year he said he played a lot, he played too much, and it took a physical toll. Okay. You wanted to see where your body was at. Excited to get back. You were excited that you weren't feeling any pain. I understand it. it was, I understand it. You know, you 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 were at a point to where you didn't even think that you were going to play golf again. So he was just happy to be on the course. This year, you come out. You know where you, you know where you are physically. You have the reps. You had the reps from 2018. You win the Masters. You play well at the beginning of the year. Um, okay, you have a bad PGA, decent U.S. Open. You take a month off between U.S. Open and British Open, so to come out here and, and and put up a fight. I mean, you like to to now to miss the cut was in just it's absolutely embarrassing, and, and even more even more so not just missing the cut because Roy McIlroy McIlroy missed the cut and he was the favorite to win the tournament, but it was just it was just his attitude and what he said after he missed the cut that you know after he missed the cut it was like it seemingly like he didn't have a chance like he came in with a losing mindset. Like he didn't believe that he had any chance to win this tournament. 
And at this stage in his career, if he wants to even, if he wants to tie Jack Nicholas, you can't be tossing away majors. The next major is until April, April 2020, which is uh, uh, the Masters. Okay, this was the last, with the schedule change, this was the last major of the year in golf. Again, I don't understand how a guy could come in having basically a month off and be complaining about, you know, the, his body or or just not ready for the tournament. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Now, again, overall, you want to look at Tiger's year up to this point, you have to consider it a success because he won the Masters, okay? He added to his major total when no one, and me included, expected him to get to win another major because I didn't before he won that Masters. So from just that alone, he's had a great year. But to sit up here and, and like, not to, again, to, to basically to, to mail it in, and I thought, again, looking at, looking from the outside in, looking at his comments, I thought he mailed it in. I really thought he. I really thought that he was done before. It, I thought the uh, tournament was over before it started. So it was a bad, just a horrible British Open for uh, for Tiger Woods. We'll see what twenty twenty looks like. We'll see how he navigates the rest of his schedule. Uh, you have the uh, playoff. You have the, uh, just the only big events that you have moving forward. Um, for the rest of the years, you know, it's the FedEx playoff that they have. Um, and then after that, this one may even look worse. After that, you hear about the skins game, this skins game in Japan that he's going to be a part of in 2020. So, which, you know, it's just at the time of that coming, that news coming out was not the greatest considering. Because no one, I, I can care less about that. I guess it, at this point, I don't even, listen, Tiger Woods is worth anywhere, worth about a half a billion dollars. So, I don't, I don't think Tiger Woods is playing for money at this point in his career. So, you know, so he'll probably get a, a ton of money to play in that. Um, certainly, like, just probably, like, he got some money to play, a lot of money to play in the uh, Tiger versus Phil that last Thanksgiving weekend that, that everybody watched on Bleacher Report. That's, I mean, no one cares about that. I mean, people will watch, but from a standpoint of your place in – the pantheon of golf in terms of at this point it's about chasing Jack, Jack Nicholas at this point. That is the question that anybody that in that anyone cares about. That's the only question anyone cares about in regards to Tiger Woods. Can he catch Jack Nicholas? Can he tie or eventually surpass Jack Nicholas? No one cares about your 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 earnings. No one cares about you know the you know these tournaments overseas these little uh headed you know head to heads with Phil Mickelson no one cares about that no one no real golf fan cares about that you know as as somebody again as somebody who's excited to see him back in the mix who was you know thrilled to see him win the majors excuse me win the masters only thing I'm worrying the only thing I'm thinking about with Tiger Woods in regards to Tiger Woods is can how many more majors can he win you know, Roger Federer. Roger Federer has made it clear that he's not um, that he's not playing in a lot of tournaments outside of the majors. It's all it's all about the majors for Roger Federer. Period. That's it. So, great job, good job, great job for Shane Lowry, Kepka. Terrible for, for Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy. Like when is Roy, when is McIlroy going to win another major? 
I mean, I, it, I mean, like, how many times is he going to be favored or talked about as being a contender before he, you know, before he comes up, comes up big and wins another major? I mean, I, we've been talking, we kind of been giving Rory a pass a little bit. I, I feel like Rory hasn't, maybe because we've been overshadowed by what Tiger did at the Masters and what Kepka's been doing. I think Rory should be taking some more heat. He hasn't done anything in the last three or four years in, ma in major tournaments, period. And I don't care about getting I'm past the point. I think he's past the point where I don't care about if he's winning how many Buick Opens or how many tour championships. Nobody cares about that anymore. He, you know, he can he win a can he win a career mass career? Um, can he finish complete the uh, career Grand Slam? Can he win a Masters? Can he win another major for that Matt for that standpoint? So Rory, Rory's been getting a little pass here. He hasn't. He has not been a major factor as far as winning majors in a in a while now. He hasn't won one in at least. I want to say it's been at least three or four years, off the top of my head that he hasn't won a major. So uh, we'll see what Ty, we'll see what Tiger can do for the rest of the season. How he navigates uh, his schedule uh, moving forward. Friday, you had a not a legend. It was a you know it was a great it was a you know weekend or for legends in the world of sports and pop culture. Tom Cruise, Top Gun, Maverick. And let me tell you how much of a boss Tom Cruise is. Of course, one of the biggest movie stars ever. So the trailer comes out. The trailer's about two minutes, two and a half minutes. You know, two and some change. Top Gun, Maverick, Tom Cruise. That's it. That's it. No starring, uh, no director credits, no Ed Harris credits, no Jennifer Connelly, uh, Val Kimmel, who's also in it. Nah. Top Gun, Maverick, Tom Cruise. Every scene Tom Cruise was in, the scene he was, it was about four or five scenes, every scene he was in. <laughs> That, I mean, that's that. Listen, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad. That's that is the epitome of being a boss. Like, no, no. We, I know Ed Harris is is, is a legend. I, I get it. Jennifer Connelly's been around forever. The new direct director of it. Cool, big deal. He's directing whatever. This is about me. It's about me. Top Gun Maverick. Not just Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. You want to be a boss, you can learn a lot from Tom Cruise. That that is boss status. And again, even though it's a even though it'll be basically almost like a year away from coming out, like I think June 26th of 2020, it has been a long anticipated movie. Uh, I will be able to see it in the movie theaters because remember it came out in 80, 86. Yeah, it came out in '86, and you know I didn't didn't see it in '86 at the movie, so you know I I can't wait. I absolutely cannot. Um, uh, cannot wait till that come out, but uh, that you know, Tom Cruise is you know that to, you know that's just it's not even disrespectful to the other actors. It just shows you where he's at amongst the pantheon of, of actors and the type of, and just the type of power he has. Just you know, get his name on it and his name and his name only. So, um, that is uh, what's going on as far as the world pop culture. You had a Lion King making 185 million dollars. Uh, I've heard good things. Of, Good things about the movie, great things about the soundtrack. 
Um, certainly recommend, you know, I'm going to check it out in the next couple of days. Um, certainly recommend it uh, to, to go see it. Again, $185 million over the weekend. Um, you had, uh, of course, you know, Spider-Man is still out. Uh, the next big one is Hobbs and Shaw. This has August second. That's the next. That's the next big one to come out as far as uh, the, you know, as far as the box office goes. So, give you know, give the Lion King a couple, couple of week, couple of weeks to uh, clean up, a couple of weeks to uh, clean some house, to clean house. Uh, Spider Man again. Got a chance to see Spider Man. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I didn't talk about it on the last podcast. I was, you know, I was looking forward to the, looking forward to the next one again. Marvel, you know, Marvel, everything Marvel touches is gold at this point. Uh, you, there is light is very highly unlikely that Marvel is going to uh, is going to uh, mess up a movie. We have a special guest tomorrow um, scheduled on the podcast, so. Stay tuned. We have a special special guest tomorrow on, on the podcast. So we're looking forward to that. As always, this is the Real Deal Podcast. Telling it like it is, with no apologies. You can listen to this podcast on um, streaming live here on you, my YouTube channel, Real Deal Podcast. Anywhere from 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes after this podcast is over. I'll, of course, well, I have this also on Blog Talk Radio as well. You're going to find it at itunes.apple.com uh, uh, slash Real Deal, Real Deal Podcast as well. So you can find me on a lot of platforms. As always, this is the Real Deal Podcast. Tell them like it is. With no apologies. Thanks for listening. I'm out.